So what's your more accurate title for this book slash movie? Sensitive Vampires Wearing Plaid? That's fair. Mine is A Study in Codependency. You're impossibly fast and strong. You gotta give me some answers. I'd rather hear your theories. I have considered radioactive spiders and kryptonite. It's all superhero stuff, right? What if I'm not the hero? What if I'm the bad guy? You are my life now. Hi, I'm Rose. I'm Hannah. And this is More is More at the Bad Movie Podcast. Where today we're talking about Twilight. Our next series. Yes. And this is, of course, a classically bad movie. Oh my goodness. Yes, it's amazing. Full disclosure, I have uh, read all the books. I had two wow. roommates. I know. It's an embarrassing That's dedication. Here's the thing. They're extremely easy and fast to read. And I had two roommates in college who were allegedly, ironically, obsessed with this series. I mean, it's the books are bad, too. <laughs> They're hilarious. You know, I really feel like Twilight fans were done a disservice by these movies being made. They kind of were. Because before, I knew people that really liked the Twilight series. And I, before, was like, oh, that's ridiculous. Just some dumb YA vampire romance thing. But, you know, you're just like, oh, I don't want to read that. It doesn't seem like something that I'm interested in. And then the movies come out and you realize exactly what it is that they are reading. (laughs) And you're and that they they non-ironically love and you're like, whoa, wait a second. Now I have to make fun of you. Well, and the thing is, if it had been I think that it could have been adapted in a way that was way less stupid. Oh, yeah. And the way that they made people look and act like that. Everything was weird and bad. But it just brought it to everyone's attention so much more that, like, you can't, like, Twilight now. Yeah, exactly. Without just being made fun of by everyone. Yeah, you have to, like, qualify liking it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, It stars Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson. Also a bunch of other people that went on to do other things, maybe. Taylor Lautner. Oh, yeah, him. Is he, I wouldn't say he stars in this one. No, not in this one. He'll come up more later in the series. He was just lucky. Yeah. The first thing that most people saw Anna Kendrick in. I know, and Anna Kendrick is quite good. Yeah, she's good. I like her character. She's funny. She's she has the most great... natural-seeming one in the whole movie. Yeah, she has great delivery. She's the only one who can accurately play an awkward high schooler. Yeah. But everybody looks different in this movie because they all dyed their hair and wore contacts and, like, were dressed weird. They made everybody very unattractive and weird-looking. Just, I'll just point out, uh, Nikki Reed, Mm -hmm. who plays Rosalie, Rosalie. she was in Catherine Hardwick's 13, which is what made her famous. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And that was one of the ones where they changed her, like, skin tone and hair too much she's quite pretty except in this movie where she just looks weird that's the thing a lot of these people are actually very good looking and then in this movie they look crazy yeah so it starts out with a voiceover thank you for not letting us down twilight yeah i'd never given much thought to how i would die but dying in the place of someone i love seems like a good way to go just the most emotionless reading of those lines you can imagine. While we're watching a deer. A deer in the forest. A little baby deer. Yeah. And then uh deer chase scene and it's caught by a predator. <gasps> a man? 
<laughs> that tells you we're in for some twists and turns in this movie. Already <laughs> turning expectations on their head. Yeah. So Kristen Stewart, Bella, is leaving Phoenix because her mom and her mom's new husband want to go on the road, she says. Yeah, her mom's new husband is a minor league baseball player. That's the thing, though. They don't explain that until, like, 20 minutes into the movie. So we don't even know that. It just sounds even dumber. Like, they just wanted to go on the road. They want to travel. Well, and also, a minor league baseball player would still have a home base. Yeah, they make it... Don't live out of an RV. No, and they make it sound... So, like... And they actually settle pretty quickly in Jacksonville. Well, that's the thing, because, like, you have to go somewhere and then, like, get... You get scouted and, like, blah, 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 and you go somewhere. Like, you don't just move there and try it out and then see what happens. Yeah. Um, But they make it sound like that's what they're doing. And then later, she's like, well, yeah, I think, you know, if things work out and, like, this becomes more permanent, then we'll just stay in Jacksonville. And I was like, what? What do you think minor league baseball is? Well, I do understand, like, people get switched... With teams a lot. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, I feel like she should have just said, they're going to Jacksonville. Right. Also, why wouldn't her husband go and see when it's more permanent? Like, they could go visit him in Jacksonville while you remain a force, like, a stable presence in your daughter's life. Which it sounds like she never has been because she describes her as loving, erratic, and harebrained. The loving part doesn't make that big of a difference if you're, as a parent, you're erratic and harebrained. Yeah. Because that's what matters a lot for children. And it starts sounding like Bella's a like a caretaker child. She clearly is, and that actually so that's portrayed a lot in movies and TV shows, Gilmore Girls, to portray really loving close relationships between mothers and daughters. It's extremely damaging yeah. to children throughout their entire adulthood. If they have to be caretakers and like emotionally care for and sometimes even in other ways care for their parents. They develop complexes about that. This is one of those things where it's like, clearly she needed her to move in with her father. Right. But she didn't want to villainize the mom. Exactly. And she didn't want Bella to come in with baggage, because probably she's really bad at writing baggage. But she already... The problem is she already has baggage, because anyone who reads this with, you know, a more of a normal point of view is going to be like... What kind of mother does this to her child? Right. She has hardly spent any time with her father previously. Oh, I know. She says she hasn't been up to see him in Forks, Washington. Could, that, yeah, she used in to spend, years. She used to spend two weeks there every summer, but she hasn't done it in years. In like two weeks? Yeah. They stopped sending you up there for two weeks? That's not that, that long. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to know the story behind this. I would love to know their custody arrangement. <laughs> yeah, because that doesn't... It seems like the parents must hate each other. Or she must hate her father, because two weeks is not that much time. Especially since they stopped going, and I'm like, so the father has legal recourse to get that started again, and I don't know why he wouldn't. Unless he just didn't care. So then we're left with the impression either that her father doesn't love her, or she doesn't love her father. Like Exactly. But here's the reason why Bella has baggage also. She doesn't have any friends and doesn't seem to want to really make friends, and that's because I don't think that Stephanie Meyer can write interactions. She can't write any relationships that aren't codependent and weird. And so for her to have that with friends would make it harder for her to write the relationship with Edward. Well, clearly she doesn't think that it's interesting. Yeah. Because the interactions we get with friends are more just when we need, like, info dumps. (laughs) But she would have been better off just giving her one good friend than, like, a whole group of friends that she's super awkward with and that we have now have to keep track of. 
The other kind of surprising thing about it is I don't, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know why they didn't have the mother die. Because that is strange. the whole vampire thing theoretically is used as an examination for how we deal with death and the thoughts of death um, and how we die. Mm. But that's not at it all. It is so generous that you are lumping Stephanie Meyer in with what other people write about vampires. <laughs> Let me tell you something. She had a dream <laughs> where there were a boy and a girl in a meadow in a clearing and they were talking about their relationship very matter-of-factly and how they were in love but their relationship was very hard or couldn't work or something like that because he was a vampire. That is why this book got written. So her dad, Charlie, is the sheriff, chief of police or whatever, in Forks, Washington, which is a, like, 3,100-odd person town. Well, it's very multi-ethnic. Uh, and has a ton of children. <laughs> it does. A town that small does not have that many children. For one thing, young people leave towns like that, and they don't move to them. So not a lot of people having kids there. And that high school is huge. <laughs> That's, like, the biggest... It's not the vampires. It's the size of the high school and the apparent funding that that high school has. That bothers me most. Yeah. And before you ask, no, it is not possible that a smaller town or equally small towns are sending their kids there because they imply that Port Angeles is a larger town and is close by. But if we didn't go to Forks, Washington, we wouldn't be able to get the metaphor of Bella reaching a fork in her life. Yeah, you know she wanted to call this book Forks. <laughs> no, are you serious? I think that's exactly what her publisher said and was like, no, find a different name. We're not publishing a book called Forks. <laughs> For, teenage, for teenage works. girls to pick up and be interested in. <laughs> yeah. So just another of her bad decisions. She drives up there with her dad, Charlie, and there's, you know, awkward conversation just to prove that they don't really have anything in common. They haven't seen each other for years and they're both awkward people. And she's the worst because her father's like, oh, your oh, hair's yeah. long. And she's like, I got it cut since the last time I saw you. Several years ago, we find out. Yeah, like when And she's was like, that? oh, you must have grown it out again. And I'm like, you were such a jerk Seriously. to say that to your father who's trying. And it's, it's implied that Bella, like, doesn't know any better. And she's not able to be more socially thoughtful. competent and thoughtful. Yeah, no, it's implied that, like, she doesn't know how to interact with people. Right, because I'm like, if you haven't seen your father in several years, it feels like it's your fault or possibly your mother's fault. Well, and here's the thing. People don't grow up with mothers like that and end up not knowing how to socially interact with other people. So they pull up to the house, and here we meet Taylor Lautner, Jacob, and his dad, Billy Black. They brought a truck by that they rebuilt the engine of for her. It's really old and really beat up. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. Because she is she over the moon. This is so obnoxious. She's a cool girl TM. And she loves super beat up things. She's a neat girly stuff. You know, she's not into that, even though she wears eyeshadow in every single scene in this movie. Yeah. She just wants an old truck from the 50s. Exactly. That barely runs anymore. And that is right? stick shift. Yeah, and I'm like, I doubt that it's super easy to keep a truck like that going in the weather that you get in Forks, Washington. Yeah. But we also lay the groundwork for her being clumsy. This is honestly probably her main, after awkwardness, clumsiness is her main character trait. 
Yes. They make it part of her personality, and that's very irritating. The mm-hmm. only thing they didn't do was also have her, like, eat a lot. So she used to hang out with Jacob, and they used to be friends, um, because their dads are friends, but they haven't seen each other in a long time, and Taylor Lautner's wearing a wig. I hate his hair so much in this movie. It's bad. It doesn't look good on him at all. Bella's also wearing a wig, to be fair, so that they didn't have to style her hair every day. Yeah. So she goes to high school, and Eric, a super metro weirdo, with probably the worst hair of this guy's career, is on the paper, wants to feature her, and now we see that she's shy also, because she's like, oh no, don't, don't, don't do that, blah, blah, blah. And so all the guys are falling all over themselves in this school. She's so hot. Yeah. Do you want to know what qualifies this movie as a fantasy Hot, awkward, pale weirdo. It's that every guy wants to get with her and every girl wants to be her friend and she is not interested in any of it and yet they foist themselves on her. Right. That qualifies as fantasy because nobody moving to a new school in the middle of the second semester is like, oh, I mean like, yeah, we can be friends, I guess. I know. I'm not going to give you anything, but, like, they're super into it. Right, because I'm like, these are the nicest people on the face of the planet. Yeah, they really are, especially the girls. They're yeah, so nice. they've been to, I mean, the guys are weird because they all, all of a sudden want to get with her, which is weird. I'm like, you don't and, even like, know don't this know person. And, like, don't know how to be normal. Well, right. It's like the first day, they're like, oh, mine, like, let's go out, let's whatever. And I'm like, you don't even know this person. I she's know not she, that attractive. I know she's a girl. Done. That's all I need. (laughs) But the girls are, like, going out of their way to be friendly when she's being sullen and awkward. Well, I think it's made clear that Jessica, Anna Kendrick, uh, kind of goes out of her way because Mike is hanging out with her, and she has a crush on Mike. Right, but she isn't being mean. No, she's super nice. She's being great. Yeah, she, she meets Mike and Jessica during a volleyball game when she hits Mike on the head with a volleyball on accident because she's so clumsy. If you hit somebody on the head with a volleyball, isn't it the other person that's clumsy? Um, it's actually a scheduling error by the school who has so many children that they have to schedule two gym classes at once. Or is it one gym class and they think that you can play volleyball on part of the court and then basketball on the other part? (laughs) This is nobody's fault except the school administrators at this point. That's a crazy thing to do. Yeah. Because nobody's playing with a full court now either. Like, yeah. what are you even trying to... What's the lesson here yeah. that they're learning? Like, how to play half of a game? Well, right. And this school is so big that it needs over eight sections of PE. Yeah. Yeah, it is. There's so many young people in this town. So, at lunch, it's made abundantly clear that all the boys are really into her. Uh, but... She just saw the Cullens for the first time. So sorry, guys. <laughs> she is driven to, to ask about them when they're still outside the cafeteria and she just glimpses one of them among a horde of strangers. And I would argue driven to distraction over them for the rest of her life. <laughs> yeah, so Jessica is great for letting us know what's up with the story. She at least does it with some personality and she realism. Does. She does. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, They moved from Alaska a few years ago, and Jessica says it's weird. She thinks it's really weird that, and it honestly kind of is. So Rosalie and Emmett are two of them, and they're together. So there's five Colin children. Right. Children. You know, they're all hundreds of years old. Rosalie is Nikki Reed. Emmett is Kellen Lutz. They're together, like they're dating. So these are all adopted children, um, and they're dating, and she's like, it's so weird. She's like, they're all together, like together, together. 
And Angela's like, they're not actually brother and sister. Calm down. And she's like, yeah, but they live together. It's really weird. And I was like, yeah, in a real situation, that would be like, probably like a call child services situation. Well, especially the fact that it's happening with two different couples. Like one set of kids, maybe you understand, but like two sets of kids start seeming a little bit weird. Yeah, exactly. So Alice and Jasper are also dating Ashley Green and Jackson Rathbone. Can I just say how awesome Jackson Rathbone's name is? It's pretty good. Just... Also, we just need to take a moment to appreciate the name Jackson Rathbone. Okay, and also, I'm not 100%, but I think he's actually Jackson Rathbone the third. He's Jackson Rathbone the fifth. Oh, the fifth. Fancy. I Excuse me. So Jasper is another person who's been made to look... He looks constipated for the whole film, <laughs> for one thing. He does. He's supposed to look, like, uncomfortable and... Yeah. But he doesn't pull it off, really. No. Probably because they were like, can you, like, seem... Bigger. Yeah, exactly. Can your discomfort seem bigger? Yeah. We need to see it more in your face. Yeah, exactly. We can't grasp it from context clues. Because everyone in this movie is making a wooden face (laughs) all the time. Like, you wouldn't have been able to pick it out. They're not wrong. Yeah. Then Edward walks in, Robert Pattinson, and he, according to Jessica, is a big old hottie. Hair piled higher than a meringue and everyone's (laughs) into it. But he is too good for anyone here, and he won't get with anyone. I'd just like to take a moment to say that the Collins don't interact. It's made abundantly clear mm-hmm. that the Collins don't interact with anyone around them in the high school. Yeah. They might as well not even be there. Why are they there? That's a good question. I can't see another solution, though, because homeschooling isn't real in Washington. Yeah. <laughs> And guys, homeschooling's highly regulated in the U.S. It's very hard to get a homeschooling thing and then just not teach your children anything. Spoiler alert, (laughs) that was a lie. (laughs) So she walks into biology lab and who's she going to sit next to? It's got to be Edward. That's where the empty seat is. She stands right in front of a fan and blows her scent right onto Edward, who freaks out like he just smelled the world's (laughs) biggest garbage pile. They don't believe in small reactions they in this don't. movie. No, they don't. Uh, well-placed taxidermied owl <laughs> gives us no symbolism whatsoever. Neither did the little wolf photo painting that was in Bella's room when she walked into it the first time. Yeah, so the taxidermied owl is behind <laughs> Edward so that it looks like he has wings. Mm-hmm. But are they angel wings or are they predator owl wings? <gasps> we don't know. <laughs> It's actually not really made abundantly clear because he doesn't really act like an angel, but he also doesn't really act like an owl predator. So, you know, they're just there. Yeah, what they were supposed to act like in this movie was cats. I'm kind of joking. Is that why they were hissing? But they, yeah, no, it is actually. They had to take, like, cat lessons, the actors, in order to learn how to be vampires. Sometimes I think that acting must just be... A competition for how much people can embarrass themselves. If I was told I had to take cat lessons for a role, I'd be like, mm, pass. They're counting their money now, so. Well, yeah, it worked out well for him. This was a five-picture deal, it turns out. So he acts repulsed by her and leaves very quickly at the end of class. She walks into the principal's office or something and overhears him trying to change classes to a different science class. And she's like, they're all full. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. And I'm like, how are they all full? There's not that many children in this town. Well, also, it's halfway through the semester. 
Oh, yeah, like, you're just going to change classes. Like, right. what, should we just transfer your grade for you to a different class? Yeah, because also, even if you're transferring to the same subject and the same teacher, like, are what is the class you're exchanging with it? I'm just, this is, this seems he, like a he, scheduling nightmare from the point a, of administration. Yeah, he floated a lot of different ideas. Physics, <laughs> that's the same as biology. <laughs> so, Bella goes to the ca- local cafe with her dad and this scene well so there's two reasons for this scene one is that like all the townspeople are also really interested in bella for some reason because they remember her from when she was a kid and they're like oh i remember your favorite cobbler blah 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 and like this guy comes up and who's her dad's friend and he's like do you remember me i was santa and you sat on my lap 15 years ago or whatever i guess not 15 she's supposed to be 17 but like you see this guy and you're like don't let this guy near children. He's very <laughs> creepy. That's just a setup for something later that we know who this is. Yeah. The most upsetting part of this scene, though, is the ketchup. <laughs> she picks up a bottle of ketchup. It's like a generic red diner squeeze bottle. And she starts to limply shake it <laughs> and slightly squeeze it to try to get ketchup out. She never succeeds shakes it limply, and puts it down. That's not how you get ketchup out of a bottle. You have to shake it. It's not soy sauce. Was she disappointed that she couldn't get ketchup out of it? There was no reaction. She looks disappointed for this entire movie, so it would be very hard to tell. (laughs) I wonder if it was a continuity thing, if it was easier for continuity if she doesn't actually put any ketchup on her plate. I guess. I don't... Why did she even do it then? She needed to do something with her hands. I don't know. Yeah. She calls her mom and she's like, Mom, why are you calling me from a payphone? And she's like, no, don't laugh. Like, my power cord ran away. I didn't lose it. And I was like, it's 2008. Do do they not have Walmarts in Jacksonville? (laughs) You can't buy another power cord? Like, did you lose it today? Right. I feel like it would be harder... To find a payphone, then it would to find a charger. Would be. Where did you even find a payphone? So they go way out of their way to prove what a weirdo the mom is, and like how Bella's like, "Oh, mom, that's mom," because everyone needs a personality that's easily categorized. They and, do, yeah. And don't worry, they have them. She's like, "Oh, how was school? Has everyone nice to you?" And she's like, "Yeah." And she's yes, they're all really friendly. Like, they are. You should be thrilled. And she's like, oh, no, what happened? Tell me about it. She's like, it doesn't even matter. Blah, blah, blah. She's really upset about Edward being weird. And I don't understand why out of, like, one person, she's so upset. Especially since the, she's already been told that Edward feels like he's too good for everyone at the school. And that he's a weirdo. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just be like, okay, well, I have to sit next to this weirdo. Maybe they'll let me change or right, something. Right, he's going to hate me. It doesn't help that, like, during the entire day of the class we see a shots of him like holding his <laughs> yeah i know like all squeezed up on himself and like holding his hand over his nose and like looking like yeah really uncomfortable that would be upsetting but at the same time everyone else has been insanely nice to her and she's already told that this guy was weird exactly so it was really weird that she's making such a big deal out of it we get voiceover throughout this entire movie periodically Mm-hmm. Which is so lazy. Because yeah. this is not a complicated plot. Like, you don't have to explain this stuff to us. This was a movie that 
I did not even need to ever like pause pretty much past the first 30 minutes to write notes, which is insane. So she's like, I, I plan to confront him about it. She's waiting in the parking lot, but then all the Edwards, all the Edwards, <laughs> <laughs> all the Edwards is a lookalike contest. Um, but then all the Colons pull up in the parking lot and he's not there. So he's absent for several days. And she is really weird about it. She is making way too big of a deal out of it. You'd think that you'd be like, oh, well, cool. This is nice. I get a break. Also, what is the attendance like at that school? Extremely spotty and not enforced. They appear not to have a you can only miss this many days, Um, especially because later they talk about how the Cullens are never there when it's sunny, which is rare. But like they're just allowed to pull their kids out for camping, which is very weird. And then all of a sudden he's back and he's in class and he's really friendly now. But like friendly, like a 1950s guy in his 30s. I'm sorry I didn't get a chance to introduce myself last week. Um, I'm Edward Cullen. You're supposed to be posing as a teenage boy and you need to be somewhat consistent with the way you were before. She makes a really big deal about his absence like to his face. And she doesn't say it, but she's just like, what, what? And those sounds are what her face should sound like when she makes faces. Like, she has facial tics throughout this entire movie. And just, like, her mouth never closes. And she's always looking confused and upset. Well, and when she gets really upset like that and just starts making noises, it feels like she has, like, emotional issues. Yeah, I know. It feels like she gets so overwhelmed. It's like she's having a panic attack right now because she can't deal with this situation. Which would be acceptable if her mother was dead. I know, I know. So she's like, well, how, how do you like the rain? Because it's really rainy in Forks, Washington. They say that it's like the wettest place in the U.S., continental U.S. Um, and she's like, you're asking me about the weather? And he's like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they, like they broke up. After a long relationship, and this is how he's introducing himself again. Like, instead of just, I don't know you, I was a stranger, and I was gone for several days. And she's like, I I don't know, any any cold, wet thing, I don't really like. Which is such a weird thing to say. Like, you can say, I don't like the rain. Everyone understands that. I think she did and then followed but it up with like, that, which is, which it's is weird. It's the most awkward thing you could have said. Any cold, wet thing I don't like. Does that mean, like, what are the other cold, wet things you come into contact with on a regular basis? And if that's true, why are you such a wet, dead fish? <laughs> wet blanket. Dead fish. Cold fish. Dead fish. Whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, he laughs at that because... He's very cold because he's a vampire. Spoiler alert! <laughs> I know no ruin the whole movie. You know. Nobody knew that going into this. So she now we we first we see of eye color changing. She's like, oh, your eyes, your eyes look a different color. They're like golden now, and before they were black. black. And he's like, it's the fluorescence, and then like turns around and leaves immediately. Because he's, I'm like, how long have you been a vampire? And is this the first time anyone's ever done this? And also, is that the best way you could have played it off? <laughs> the least suspicious you could have made people? He's really bad at being a secret vampire. The only thing that he could have done to make it more suspicious would have been to break into a run. <laughs> like put on sunglasses. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> 
here's the other thing. I, this happens a lot in movies where people are like, your eyes or whatever color. I can't in tell books, you always the violet. number. Well, yeah, violet. <laughs> so romantic. I can't tell you the eye color of my 10 closest friends. My husband was being helpful yesterday and filled out my driver's license application and got my eye color wrong. Yeah. Eye color, unless you have unusually striking eyes. Yeah. Eye color is not something people notice a lot. It's it's so small. And a lot of the time, people's eyes aren't a distinct enough color. Yeah. To where you're just, especially after one meeting, it's always what gets me. It's like, as soon as somebody meets them, they're like, they're beautiful whatever eyes. I'm I like, know. I've seen their eyes. They don't look, you especially wouldn't be so confident after one meeting. Yeah, we need to know what color they are and what food they're shaped like. Beautiful <laughs> almond-shaped eyes. <laughs> what are the other foods they might be shaped like? That's the only one. Cashews? Oh, oh hopefully not. <laughs> That's a different kind of book. That's not a romance book. <laughs> it's like a medical text. Beautiful pistachio-shaped eyes. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so she's in the parking lot. And she's leaving after a very weird, disappointing day with Edward that she's going to take way too weirdly and hard. Yeah, she's spending way too much time thinking about Edward, especially since he was gone for five days. Well, now she can think about him even more because a van swerves towards her in the parking lot. Somebody lost control of their van and is going to pin her to her truck. But Edward somehow makes it all the way across the parking lot in time to save her and stops the van. Then he just, like, jumps away and, like, walks off into the field. He's like, well, all right, that's done. Let's never bring Matt up again. I know, he looks kind of, like, He's like, flustered oh, and well, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I wish he had been wearing overalls so he could have, like, completed the casual look as he walked away. <laughs> well, what I would have really liked is for the cops to come and be like, I'm sorry, what happened? Also, The like, van stopped on its own? Because there's a huge dent in it. And yeah. there's no way it would have stopped on its own. No, that's a really big question. Like, they didn't actually hit each other, and there's a giant dent, honestly, in both of them. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. But nobody asked questions. That's, um, honestly could be the subtitle of this movie. Twilight, <laughs> nobody asks questions here. So then we see Dr. Cullen for the first time, Peter Fastinelli. Also kind of good looking. Also looks weird with blonde hair. So yep. good job yet again. He brushes off her claim that Edward saved her. She walks down the hall and Rosalie and Edward and Dr. Cullen are talking very quietly and suspiciously. <laughs> and then Edward comes over and... Melly, you're, uh, you hit your head. I think you're confused. I know what I saw. Mm, what exactly was that? You... You stopped the van. You pushed it away with your hand. Well, nobody's going to believe you. So. <laughs> well, he folds like a house <laughs> of cards instantly. Uh, and she's like, well, I'm not going to like, she, she's like, I wasn't going to tell anyone. Just tell me what's going on. And he's like, no, he <laughs> walks away. So, you know, he's, he saved that situation. Good job. And then we see her in her bed at night. She wakes up. Edward's there standing in the corner. She goes to turn on the light and he's gone. And she's like, that's the first time I dreamed about Edward. And I was like, mm, except that he was really watching you sleep. Cool. Really great. One word I have for that. Romantic. 
You know, it's funny. I don't actually have as much of a problem with the fact that he's in her room every night watching her sleep, which I, I know a lot of people have a problem like, with that. That is a, such a stalker. Literally a crime. No, I mean, it's not it's not like ideal Several behavior. Crimes, honestly. Yeah, it's not ideal behavior. But like that never bothered me as much as the thought of eight hours a night. That's just what he this does. This vampire <laughs> is coming in. It, let me tell you, it is not interesting watching people sleep. Watching people sleep is much like watching paint dry. That's why most people only watch somebody sleep for the few minutes it takes the other person to wake up after they've woken up. I mean, it's not. Yeah, right. Nobody's spending hours every night watching somebody sleep. And I'm like, he is a vampire that is over a century old who is choosing to spend eight hours a night doing nothing but watching a teenage girl sleep. That is the most boring thing you could possibly choose to do. He's already wasting eight hours a day at school that he doesn't need to go to. Honestly, it's only slightly more boring than choosing to date her, which he does later. (laughs) But, Rose, this is making me think that you've had your eyes closed for this whole movie. Have you seen Bella? (laughs) She is fascinating. Literally everything she does, and I just want to be next to her. I don't even care what she's doing. I really wish they'd like realistically shown what it was like. From I I'm wish, not buying. Isn't I it mid, Midnight Sun? That's the one from Edward's point of view. Uh, yeah, I would like Unreleased. one. Of, I would like at least one of the scenes to be um, Edward watching her sleep and like her mouth is open and like she's snoring a little bit and like and her hair is like, all crazy. In his head, we hear like <laughs> this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> particularly care for somebody to watch me sleep even if I like I loved and trusted them if only because I would be like I don't think I'm worried about them (laughs) but I'm also like I don't think I'm gonna look that great like yeah I know I don't think I'm a super attractive sleeper well that and then I would be like look we need to have a conversation (laughs) about like do you have hobbies do you want hobbies why are you watching me sleep what need is that fulfilling in you and why do you have that need because that worries me anyway Edward's watching her sleep so the next day, Mike asks her to prom. Eric has already kind of tried and got interrupted by Mike, who's the most irritating character in this movie. And I feel bad because that's what was written. Like, that's what this guy had to do. Yeah. And he did a good job of it. He was horrible. <laughs> so she says she's she can't. She's going to Jacksonville. But she knows that Jessica wants to go with him. So he should ask Jessica. Um, and it's it's really depressing to me when all of these girls keep being like, oh, I, I really want this guy to ask me. And, like, we've just seen him ask Bella. Right. And Bella's it's like, oh, very, no, you should ask this girl. Like, it's really sad to me. Right. Would you like to be second choice? Is yeah, that what you want? Right. But it's a way for, for us to get that she's so desirable, but yet they don't have to deal with it. Yeah. Because they just pair off. So they go on a field trip to a compost factory. It's weird. It's just like a compost place. And Edward's like, what's in Jacksonville? She's like, what? Why are you asking me that? He is so bad at pretending to be human. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. He he does not have a middle. (laughs) He was across the room when the conversation happened. Yeah, I know. Are you going to tell me how you stopped the band? Yeah. I had an adrenaline rush. It's very common. You can Google it. Wow, is that the most naturally you could have said that? It's a thing that happens to humans all the time, which I am human, so there's no questions there. I finally talked to my father, the medical doctor, and figured out a plausible solution. Because I've been around for this long and I've never heard of an adrenaline rush before, especially as regarding cars. And he's just really rude. Like, she kind of trips and he's like, wow, you watch where you're going. And I'm like, wow, abusive much? And then says that they shouldn't be friends. 
Edward is just kind of the worst in this movie. Honestly, he gets a little bit better as the the movies go on. Yeah. Only because this stuff isn't happening. He's just being angsty after this. But this stuff of like, oh, we shouldn't be friends, but I can't keep away from you. But I'm going to tell you all this anyway. And I'm just like, And I mean, this is so, honestly, it's so damaging to like really young girls to watch that and be like, that's romantic. That's what you should want. That's what true love looks like. Like... And this is not the only place that we get that idea of, like, real love means that it's, like, possessive and way too intense and codependent. And you can't keep away from the person. Like, right. you have no self-control. You can't control it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, honestly, he's giving off, a, like, so many red flags. Oh, yeah. And that, like, he's going to be abusive. He's not stable. Mm-hmm. I, you shouldn't ever get into a relationship with him. You probably shouldn't even be friends with him. He's right. There's but no not, part of me. Not because he's a vampire. Right. There's no part of me that, like, if this happened, even in high school, I wouldn't, I would be like, mm, like, okay, well, if you think we shouldn't be friends, then I'm going to go off with my other friends and right? not well, think about you anymore. Goodbye. And we're also kind of taught that, like, it's hot when people have baggage. Yeah. And it is not. Let me tell you. You only have to meet one person with a lot of baggage to be like, oh, nope, no, thank you. I, yeah. I don't want any of that. But here's the thing with these movies. This always happens where guys are, like, semi-abusive or, like, actually really controlling and weird and possessive. But then the girl gets put into mortal danger and he saves her, so then it's okay. And it's not a good sign that he's never been interested in anyone and now all of a sudden he's super possessive of you. Right. So. Because he doesn't even have, like, friends or anything. It's not like, well, I have never really been serious with anyone because I know what I want because I have so many friends that <laughs> I I'm know. capable of having normal because relationships. I have my own life so I don't need somebody else's. That is not the case. So anyway, Bella's the worst and back home with her dad, she, poor Charlie is trying to talk to her about stuff and she's just like, well, you shouldn't have told mom that I almost died. Like, <laughs> all this, dare like you? she just, and like all, all this stuff and like just shutting him down and being super reticent when her dad's trying to connect with her. Yeah, how dare you be concerned about my well-being or feel like my mom might want to be informed about my life. Also, can we just for a second discuss the fact that she calls her dad Charlie and how much I hate that? Oh, I didn't even notice. She does. And I don't know if she she doesn't call him by name very often, but in the voiceover she calls him Charlie. And Oh, that's weird. I hate it. And it drives me she nuts. She never calls her mom by her name. No, she doesn't. I think it's supposed to be like, "Oh, we're so distant." You know, I Writers like to do these things because they think that it proves a point, but it doesn't because people never do it in the real world. So, like, the only reason you would call a parent by their real name is because, for starters, you never met them until you were an adult. Mm -hmm. Or if you hate them and you're trying to prove a point. Like, you absolutely hate them. You're like, I'm not calling you dad anymore. I'm calling you Charlie. She's not supposed to hate her father. She's supposed to just be distant from her father and uncomfortable around her father because they haven't spent a lot of time together. That doesn't make you call them Charlie. You call them dad still. You just feel uncomfortable around them. Yeah. I know. It's because what you don't talk to him on the phone either. Like, no, no, apparently not. I mean, just whatever. They don't talk ever. So back at school, she is invited to La Push, which is a beach on the res where Jacob lives. She runs into Edward in the cafeteria and there's the scene of she drops the apple and then he like catches it in the most unnatural way possible. And yeah, cradles it in two hands and it's the shot of the, that's what's on the cover of the book. 
Yeah, and it took like sixty takes to get it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised because no one catches that. things like this. Well, it no, is the most unnatural way to catch something. This is why it took so many times because doesn't it go? He catches it with his foot, yeah, and then pops and it back up to his hands. Because I watched that and I was like, how long did that take? It took like sixty takes. Wow, worth it? No, it wasn't. So Edward says that he didn't mean that he didn't want to be friends, just that it would be better if they weren't. He says, if you were smart, you would stay away from me. And I was like, that's a huge red flag. If somebody says that, then stay away from them. Also, I'm sorry. One of these people is 17. The other person is 108. Yeah, it's so creepy. Who should be the one that is capable of self-control and discipline <laughs> in this situation? I mean, neither one of them are, but yeah, I see your point. Yeah. He keeps putting the responsibility of this on her. Well, he, he constantly says that he doesn't know if he can control himself even around her later. Well, yeah, but he's constantly like, yeah. you have to be the one yeah. that like pushes me away. Like, we shouldn't be friends. We shouldn't whatever. But like, it's your responsibility to make sure that happens. And I'm like, he's 108. Yeah. Right. She is not the responsible one in this party. No. So she invites him to the beach also, but he says, which beach? La Push? Uh, no, I don't think so. And she's like, is something wrong with that beach? He's like, it's too crowded. <laughs> There's no one on it. When yeah, I know. And then pan to nobody being there. <laughs> um, they eat a lot of Twizzlers in this movie. Did you notice that? I didn't. She gets Twizzlers thrown at her once, and then later she's like, uh, they're chomping on them. Like, somebody loves Twizzlers in this movie, and I don't know who. Or they were sponsored by Twizzlers. Yeah, right. Uh, but here's the thing. They could have been Red Vines. You oh, never saw a package. Got it. So Angela said that Eric won't ask her to prom, and Bella's like, well, you should ask him. You're a strong, independent woman. And I was like, it's 2008. That's a little bit overplayed. But okay. Well, also, since... Bella is such a strong, independent woman, so she's, what, our example for this? Don't act like this is a feminist work. Mm, she can just identify other people as that. <laughs> uh, so Jacob and his friends walk up, and Jessica says that Bella invited Edward. And she's like, oh, just just, just to be nice, guys. I, I know, she plays it off real cool. Yeah, and his friends are like, they don't come here. She is confused by the, her, his friends not liking the Cullens so vocally. Especially since they give no explanation. Right. So they're walking alone on the beach and Bella asks Jacob about it. And she's like, he's like, well, we just, it's like, I can tell you a story about them. But like, it's just an old scary story. Um, their tribe is supposedly descended from wolves. The Cullens are from some type of enemy tribe, he says. And they were caught hunting on their land. And he says that they made a truce that if they wouldn't hunt on their lands, then they wouldn't reveal what they really were to white people because they knew that they were something else. And she's like, well, what, what were they really? And he's like, it's just an old story, Bella. And I'm like, really? You got told this story, but you didn't get told what kind of monster they were? Yeah. And she's like, but how could that be the story if they just moved here? And he's like, maybe they just moved back. And he's like, how is this an old story, though? Like, they're I know. Young. Like, how to... Like, the, the, like, you mean their tribe just moved back? Yeah, like, like, the mental hoops that Jacob is jumping through in order to dismiss this story are weird. We cut to Charlie's friend, Waylon, who we saw in the diner. And he's hearing sounds in his little boat dock and gets attacked by three vampires James, Victoria, and I don't know the other one's name. Laurent. Laurent. The first person that he sees, though, when the boat, he's like, oh, I'm just going to leave. So he turns his boat motor on and he's going to leave. And then 
Victoria grabs the boat and pulls it back, like, superhumanly. Mm-hmm. And this is the first he's seeing of them. He turns around and is like, well, hey, because he likes pretty ladies. And I'm like, are you distracted by the fact that she just pulled your boat back and he's clearly super strong and weird? He well, totally was. Pretty yeah. lady, that's all I'm thinking about. Yep. That was weird to me. So Bella Googles the tribe legends. And they pony up the money. That is actually Google. I know. I was impressed. She finds a bookstore in Port Angeles that has a book that she wants about it, about the legends. At school the next day, Jessica tells Bella that she can stop looking for Edward because the Colons always get pulled out of school for camping when it's not raining. Which is weird. Yeah. Like... What is this family's obsession with camping? It's really weird. That they can't maintain a normal schedule. I know. Because the father is a doctor. Yeah. Does the doctor also leave for camping? Right. Like, you have a responsibility, and how do you even have a job if you do that? Right. You're on the schedule, man. And he's he's inside. Right. So are they just supposed to go camping with their mother, or, like, just the five of them? Like, unclear. Ugh. It would be better if they all had some sort of, like, skin, like, you know, sun allergy. Right. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah. That would be a lot better. Which is what normal vampires do. (laughs) Exactly. But Jessica and Angela want to go dress shopping in Port Angeles, so she gets to go to her bookstore. Yep. Can't go there by herself. Nope. Well, she does still go there by herself. She splits off from Jessica and Angela and goes to the bookstore when it's dark. Buys the book and leaves and is surrounded by creepy men who had previously catcalled them while they were walking by the dress shop and saw them inside. So we already know they're bad men. One of the many roving gangs in Port Angeles. Oh, yeah. Very common. (laughs) Very common. There's like 10 guys there. I mean, it's a big group. All of a sudden, Edward pulls up in his Volvo and gets very menacing very fast and it's like, get in the car. And uh, scares everyone, and then they're driving away, and he's like, distract me so I won't go back there and kill them, blah, blah, blah. And he's so upset, she's like, you put your seatbelt on. And I was like, really? That's... And then he's like, you put your seatbelt on. And I'm like, so many questions here. Can't you both do it? It's not a mutually exclusive (laughs) operation. There's only one seatbelt. Yeah, I know, they have to share. Okay, to me, this is like ten times creepier than the... The watching her when she's sleeping bit. That he followed her to Port Angeles. Yes. Just and to was, keep an eye on her and make sure she was safe. And was because watching what? her from the bushes. Well, right. Because I'm like, what? The violence rate, like the crime rate of Port Angeles is so, so high, high that you feel really concerned about her safety? Like this to me just totally <laughs> creeps me out. Yeah. So he's like, you don't know the vile things they were thinking. And she's like, and you do? Oh, does he know? <laughs> They tell Angela and Jessica that they're going to eat and they can leave because they already had dinner. They were couldn't wait for her. So they go to dinner and Edward doesn't want anything because he's on a special diet. Wink, wink. And she's like, how did you know where I was? And he's like, I feel very protective of you. And I was like, oh, gosh. That's not how you want to start That's that answer. That's the worst thing you could have said. Um, it's weird, even if it's someone who has a right to be protective of you, like your brother or your father or your husband. Like, yeah. still weird. No, it would be weird. To be followed creepily without your knowledge. Also, just like, if they said, I, I feel very protective of you, I'd be like, what? We need to talk about that. Well, because also, I would assume that you're, um, 
if they were feeling protective of you and they had a good reason to feel protective of you, or if they just felt like they want to protect you when you go out, they should tell you and go with you. But he has no right to, so he can't tell her. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he reveals that he can read everybody's mind except for hers, which honestly is a very convenient thing if you're not actually able to read minds and she wants any proof. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why that didn't make her pause, and she's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Clear, clearly you can. He, like, rattles off some things people are thinking about. She's like, proof! Which, by the way, the stuff that he says people are thinking about is sex, money, money, sex, money, cat. And I'm like, people don't think that way. It's not like I'm sitting sit in a around, restaurant yeah. having a conversation with someone being like, money, money, There's money, money, dollar money. signs in my <laughs> eyes. Yeah. Like, Normally, you're thinking about things that are way more... The one... The person he said was thinking about his cat. I'm like, that is the most realistic thing you said. Yeah, exactly. So he finally is... He's like, I don't have the strength to stay away from you anymore. And she's like, then don't. She didn't try... He didn't try very hard. No, not really. Like, you followed her and watched her sleep every night. So I don't know what you call staying away from you. Right. Because theoretically, you could have just, you know transferred schools and moved away from Forks. Right. So, more clues in the car on the way home. She's like, oh, I'm warm enough. We can turn the heat down. And they both reach for it and his hand is freezing. Some people might just interpret that as somebody having cold hands, which some people are very prone to. Nope. Not allowed. Um, Especially d- weird since apparently heat has been blasting on him this whole time. Yeah, no, that, that is weird. Like, if you've had the heat on really high, though. Yeah, you should at least be whatever temperature your environment is. Yeah. So they drive by the station, and Dr. Cullen and her dad are there. And they say that the same animal killed Waylon as killed some, like, factory workers earlier in the movie that we didn't talk about. Um, So the animal is getting closer to town. They think it's an animal attack. And when the first time they say that, um, Bella's like, what, an animal attack? And he's like, you're not in Phoenix anymore, Bella. And I was like... (laughs) Animal attacks are not common anywhere. Also, I have to say, I love the idea that, like, a bear went into the boat dock and was, like, (laughs) hunting people there. Maybe there's a wolf. Oh, gosh. Werewolf. No, it's not. Very possible. So she starts reading her book that she just got in almost pitch dark in her room. Doesn't need any lights on. Yeah. So she grabs one phrase out of the book, the cold one, and immediately turns to Google again. I was like, really? You couldn't have found... First of all, it's on a lot of websites, so I'm surprised that you couldn't find that. And B, like, all she did in the book was grab that phrase out of it and then instantly back to the computer. Well, also the cold one is not that descriptive. Uh, Google, for this movie, very much disagrees. Right. It leads you to a lot of websites so about like, vampires. Need, like, proper names and stuff for good Google searches. Nope. As evidenced by the fact that we just get a bunch of words emphasized on screen. Speed. Strength. Cold-skinned. Immortal. Drank blood. It's scary? Um, So at school, she sees Edward and walks past him into the woods and he follows her. Probably normally really discouraged by high schools. (laughs) This is not a conversation that I would want to have in the woods by yourself. Yeah, Far, far away from anyone who might hear me scream. Bella's an idiot. She's <laughs> never afraid. Yeah. Of the right things. How old are you? 17. How long have you been 17? A while. 
This is actually a decent line. Like, I really like that exchange. I know. She's like, I know what you are. Say it. Out loud. (laughs) Say it. Vampire. Are you afraid? No. Ask me the question. What do we eat? She's like, you won't hurt me. So his final gambit into convincing her that vampires are bad is to take her up into the sunlight of the mountain because he says, you need to see what I look like in the sun. I know, like, you don't know the worst of it. And I'm like, oh, you're going to turn into some horrible monster or something? Skin is sparkly. That's what it is. That's what he thought would, like, seal the deal on him being bad. It's like diamonds. You're beautiful. Beautiful. This is the skin of a killer, Bill. So overdramatic. He very quickly admits that he doesn't actually kill people. Yeah, he says he has before. Right. And she's like, I don't care. He's like, I, it's really dangerous. I never wanted to eat someone as much as I wanted to eat you. you you're like my own personal brand of heroin. And she's like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I trust you. And he's like, you shouldn't trust me. And she's like, I trust you. I said it. <laughs> yeah. And she's so stupid. Once again, this is why we don't want 17-year-old girls have relationships with really hot 108-year-old vampires. It's a problem. Yeah. It's a real, it's a growing problem, I would say. Yeah. Up by 100% <laughs> in this movie. She says that she's not afraid of him. She's only afraid of losing him. Weird. And he says. They've known each other for like a week. Cumulatively. <laughs> I know. He says, and so the lion fell in love with the lamb. And I was like, that's not what the <laughs> phrase is, but that's great if you feel like saying that. <laughs> she says, what a stupid lamb. He says, what a sick, masochistic lion. And then we get into the meadow scene where they're just laying there in the meadow, which basically counts for a Mormon sex scene, <laughs> and is the closest thing that we get to the dream that all of this was based on. Is this when she says that she's irrevocably in love with him? Yeah, I was unconditionally, irrevocably in love with him. How is this? I just... Not I feel even... like you've never been 17, Rose. You don't understand. I just I have distinct memories of being 17. And when you met a vampire, <laughs> what happened? I'm just... I don't... They've spent almost no time together. And the time they have spent together has mostly been Edward saying, you shouldn't be spending time with me. And her being weird Which and awkward. Which is very attractive. And, and she just flat out is like, I was unconditionally and irrevocably in love with him unconditionally and irrevocably i mean i would say that it's unconditional he said i might eat you and she said that's <laughs> fine so now they're public in high school yeah they go to school together this is such like a weird scene well it's such one of those like mary sue like romance like How dare you refer to anything in this movie <laughs> that way who like it's the whole like oh what girl doesn't want to like show up to school with the hottest most uncatchable guy on her arm who's like totally like oh I'm gonna put my arm around you and we're yep. like together and it's me telling the world yeah exactly and not you forcing me to pay attention to you in public yeah exactly and she's not into it supposedly yeah she's she's like, oh, she's like everyone's staring, staring at us because the high school is like O M 
G. Yeah, like I have the hot, like even just these guys. You're like that guy's not staring at it. Oh, never mind. Oh, there he goes. Like, He's looking. Who are these people? Like I understand the girls that maybe had crushes on Edward, but I don't understand the guys. Right. So they're talking about Carlisle and how he only turns people who were dying. He would never do that to someone who didn't have a, who who had another choice. Oh, question: Do they really not have another choice? Dying's not a choice. Oh, okay. Also, apparently it's only a choice for certain people. Like, as a doctor, he must see a lot of dying people. Yeah. Carlisle <laughs> is one of those vampires that feels like vampirism is a curse. Like, we kind of get the impression. Yeah. Because it's the whole, like, I would never turn anyone that wasn't dying. He only seems to turn people that are really young and have, like, their whole lives ahead of them. Although, arguably, once you're turned into a vampire, everyone has their whole lives ahead of them. <laughs> but he does seem to view it as a curse. Yeah. So why would you inflict that on anyone else? I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It's not like you're, you think that you're giving them a better life. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, I at least the... semi understand Esme because he's like alone. Yeah. Like Esme's like essentially his wife. Right. And so they he turned her. So I understand at, that during the same flu. Uh, right. When you fight, like you know, you're like, oh, well, this is gonna be my mate forever. But like. Yeah. The, well, I have like, a son. Edward, I better get a wife. Yeah. <laughs> and she, he says at one point, he's like, this is essentially, this is my mom as man. I'm like, you guys are the same age. I know. Please don't pretend. You are 108 years old. She is not your mother. But she acts like it, too. She bosses Rosalie around. They all act like they are legitimately in this family structure. Yeah. And like, you are not. You are all, at this point, capable of making your own decisions and living on your own. Yeah, it's pretty weird. So... Carlisle isn't the only reason that he doesn't eat humans. They're all vegetarians. That's what they call it. They only eat animals. And he says, it's like a human living only on tofu. It keeps you strong, but not satisfied. And I was like, mm, eating only tofu is a really bad idea. I, that, that would not make you strong. Just FYI. <laughs> Way to not understand what tofu is. <laughs> um, so she asks if all vampires can read minds. And he says that... None of his family can, but Alice can see the future sometimes. He wants to take her to meet his family also. He just like hops in and is like, I'm going to take you to meet my family. Pick you up tomorrow. No time given, which is so yeah. common in movies. And I'm like, oh, gosh, really? Uh, but it's, I mean, it's fine. He'll see her tonight also in her room. So yeah, Jacob and his dad pull up and Charlie is saying he doesn't think that it was an animal that killed Waylon. And Billy Black is like, I never thought it was. And it's pretty clear that he knows what Edward is because he makes some remark to Bella that's, like, kind of pointed about, like, we need to stay safe or, like, yeah. that things are dangerous around here. So Edward picks up Bella and they go to his house. It's very nice because they're very wealthy, uh, apparently. All old things are wealthy. It's true. They're cooking Italian for her. And I did like the idea that like old vampires wouldn't understand the multicultural current situation of the world right. where names don't mean as much because they were like, do we even know if she's Italian? And Emmett's like, her name's Bella. Yeah. <laughs> so they walk in and Esme is like, oh, you've given us an excuse to use the kitchen for the first time. And she's like, are you, are you hungry? And she's like, yeah. And Edward's like, she already ate. And <laughs> Rosalie gets so mad. Her character trait is mean. That's all it is. Right. She hates Bella because she's 
going to cause problems. And if she says something, she's going to ruin all of their lives. She's not wrong. Right. But the entire rest of her family has accepted this situation. She also just, like, overreacts to everything. I mean, she's, like, she a drops boiling... the salad bowl. She doesn't br- drop it. She crushes it in her hands <laughs> after Bella says that. Did you... <laughs> Did you notice that she was wearing gloves? <laughs> That's funny. In a previous take, she cut her hand doing that. Oh, no. So, yeah. So, was cooking a spur of the minute thing? It after, can't have been. After Edward was left to pick her up, they were like, oh, let's make some Italian food. They had everything chopped. They were prepping everything. They had to go to the store for probably the first time. <laughs> yeah. And buy this stuff. So, the idea that he wouldn't have known about this, like, they would have talked about it before. Right. And she already ate because she was like, well, they don't eat. And they were like, no, that was really thoughtful. And yeah. everybody's nice to her except for Rosalie. So I'm just like, Edward did not handle this well. No, this nobody. This is Edward's fault. It really is. Um, so this just is Rosalie's excuse to break into, okay, sure, let's pretend like this isn't dangerous for everyone. Basically, because they're publicly together, if Bella dies, the whole family is going to be under suspicion. Which is true. Alice walks in and she's super quirky and aggressively so. I know. And she comes in like so, walking on a tree limb. <laughs> yeah, and she's like carefree and just a nice hippie type was, person. Yeah, before when we saw her in the cafeteria, she was like spinning herself on Jasper's hand and like yeah. so it's like she's that person. Exactly. And Jasper is still constipated. <laughs> It is explained that he is the newest vegetarian, so it's harder for him. Also seems a little bit cruel to force him to come when, theoretically, his house is the only place he has where he's not surrounded by humans. Right, and so... They're like, (laughs) you have to come and meet Edward's human girlfriend. I know. And Alice is like, it's okay, Jasper, you won't hurt her. And I'm like, well, maybe you've seen that, but it kind of seems like you only see things ten seconds before they (laughs) happen, so... Okay. Maybe it's her confidence. Yeah. (laughs) She's just going to will that into being. No, it's just like she loves him so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. So he takes her on a tour of the rest of the house, and they have this huge frame filled with graduation caps. And he's like, oh, it's a private joke because we've matriculated so many times. And I was like, all of you could pass for 20. Why do you keep going to high school? Like, it's so clear that you could all just live at home. Also, you don't even live in town. Nobody has to even know about you. Yeah. You're acting like you need to keep up appearances. You could just be 20-year-old or homeschooled, and none of this would matter. And you can't act like the government is keeping track of you because they're clearly not. Also, I think that's actually too many caps. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. So there are five of them, but I think you're you're having... Because they're like the younger we pretend to be when we first move to town, the longer we can stay there. Right. You know, you're assuming that maybe once every 10 years, five of them are graduating, but that's also only once formal schooling was enforced. That's still only 50 caps, and that looked like it was 100. Like, it looked like a lot. Yes, and the thing that they said about them having moved back from Alaska, it is later known that there is basically, like, this huge vampire refuge in Denali National Park. So... The implication to me is that they were living at the park. So they're clearly not living in towns all the time either. Right. So, so that would even lessen it. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So. And just the idea that you would have to, like, because you look young, you would have to go to high school is insane. Because they don't look that young. If you're a junior, no. you can you can just be like, oh, I look a little bit young. Like, if they can pass as seniors, then they can pass as 
freshman in college. So. That would be, like, such a miserable existence. Oh, my gosh. The worst time of anybody's life. Well, I actually enjoyed high school. I mean, I liked school in general. But to do it over and over and <laughs> over and over again for the rest of your life, like, you're just learning the, the whatever you learn in high school over and over and over again, like, I would yeah, kill myself. I know. So, in his room, um, she's like, there's no bed? And he's like, I don't sleep. Or lie down. Ever. Or lie down. No, I don't need to rest. So she plays what's in his, she's like, you have so much music, which is in movies and books, the sign of a well-cultured person who has emotions and yeah. thoughts. Like, having a lot of music means that you're a better person. It's like having a lot of poetry <laughs> volumes. Yeah, exactly. So she turns on what's currently playing in his stereo, and it's Deb- Debussy, Claire de Lune, and he um, da- tries to dance with her, like, really slowly and very clear leading signs. And she's like, yes. I, I, she's like, I can't dance. And yeah. I'm like, you're doing it right now. Like, right. if you have somebody who knows how to lead you, you can dance. Especially to a song that slow. That's not really a dancing wasn't song. wasn't even dancing. You know? I'm like, that just makes it seem like you didn't like it. So. Or that she's just, you know, uncomfortable in her own skin. I know, exactly. Because the other thing they do in this is like, I think they're trying to make her seem like she's a really great person. And I'm not exactly sure what the quality they're going for is. Alive. (laughs) But they keep doing this thing where it's like, you can read everyone's mind, but mine? What's wrong with me? I'm going to a house full of vampires? What if they don't like me? And he keeps, and Edward keeps being like, you think that there's something wrong with you when I tell you this? Oh, you. Refreshing. So charming. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's neurotic insecurity. Yeah, and it also kind of implies that she can't think past herself and how things affect her. That t- I didn't think about that. I just thought about, like, how insecure you would have to be where that was your first thought in every situation. And I think that's true, but I think a big part of insecurity, too, is only being able to think about yourself. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it means that you're super selfish, but it does mean that you're not going to be very interesting because you're never thinking past yourself. Well, yeah, and it's certainly not a charming, lovable quality. Like, they, they no. seem to imply that it is. It makes her such a wonderful, amazing person. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Especially because she's only thinking about herself in appearances. True. Which it, you'd think if you'd been around that long, that would be really unattractive. Yeah. Because the more you're around, the more you realize people don't really care. People don't care what you look like. People don't care about all the stuff that you think they do mm-hmm. the, when they're judging you, and you know, in your mind. So... We cut to the three mysterious vampires. They're leading the uh, police dogs. And I was like, really? You have a budget for police dogs? Where did you get these? These are from a different town. Yeah. Just, Just wanted to, that's still a storyline, guys. Still a story. Yeah. Back at the diner, we see Stephanie Meyer in her cameo role. She's ordering. They're like, here you go, Stephanie. Oh. Thanks. I missed Just that. writing another novel here on my laptop. Uh, she didn't say that. I wish she had in that tone of voice. <laughs> and we just reiterate that the town's really nervous about all this killing. And they're like, oh, we just hope you catch him soon. We're so nervous. And then Charlie tries to talk to her about boys. Yeah. And she refuses. And I'm like, yeah, I know that you're trying to make that seem like he's being weird. That is good parenting. Yeah. You should be aware of what your child's doing. And I, you shouldn't hover and be a helicopter parent. But at the same time... You not talking to your kid about things is how they end up in relationships with 108-year-olds and make a lot of super unhealthy choices that lead to both emotional and physical harm. Yeah. So she's talking to her mom again, I guess just so that we remember the mother. 
it, nothing happens and Edward shows up in her room via window all of a sudden and then admits to watching her sleep for months. No reaction is given. Not positive or negative. <laughs> also, he keeps talking about how bad his control is. I know! This is entirely predicated on your control, buddy. I know! She's sleeping. She's completely defenseless. Yeah. Sleeping. And you're subjecting yourself to eight hours of time at it. Unless you're trying to desensitize yourself to her scent. It does not seem to be working. <laughs> so then he's like, oh, I want to try something. He wants to try making out with her here alone where there's no vampires to stop him. I get that this is weird, but you should have tried that at your house. Yeah. Ideally in a room with other vampires where they could have stopped you if something happened. Yeah. And yeah, it's not comfortable, but that's what's safest. But I guess you don't care. And they start making out. They make even weirder faces somehow <laughs> while they're making out. I don't even know how that's possible. And then he jumps back and he's like, oh, no, stop. And she's like, I'm sorry. And he's like, I'm stronger than I thought. And I was like, what? You didn't think you were strong enough to not kill her and you came here anyway? You're stronger than you thought. What does that mean? I know. That's the scariest thing you could have just said. <laughs> I know, because at first I thought I misheard him. At first I thought he said, I'm not as strong as I thought. No. Which is why I tried making out with you, but like, I thought I'm it would be fine, but it's not. Than I <laughs> no, I thought I was going to kill you. I didn't think I'd be able to kiss you, but I did. I'm amazing. Oh, gosh. So worrying. So she goes downstairs and tells her. I guess it, well, I guess it's different. He stays overnight and watches her sleep, this time with consent. Which is weird that it was given. But. At least she's lying on the bed next to her. Although, no. the, he seems to be cold no matter what situation he's in. Which means that she's just sleeping right next to this, like, cold, clammy thing. Is that not normal? <laughs> I actually bought a special larger freezer so that I could <laughs> stick my body pillow in it. So that it's cold all night for me. Because I... <laughs> So she uh, tells her dad about them, that they're dating, and Edward is outside and wants to meet him officially, and now they're going to go play baseball, and they can only play in a thunderstorm. And he's like, Bella, play baseball? What? And I'm like, that's what every teenage girl wants their father to do when they're doing something because their boyfriend and her family likes it. Right. And... To be like, Bella doesn't like baseball, Edward. Yeah. (laughs) She's terrible at it. You'll never let. She hates baseball. (laughs) And you. (laughs) Yeah, and it's also weird, I have to say, to try to play baseball with eight people. I think that's weird. (laughs) They make Bella be the umpire. Here's why that's terrible. (laughs) First of all, Rosalie is already horrible to everyone, especially Bella. Second of all, they already have said that they cheat. Because they're so fast and they're able to, I guess. Mm -hmm. So they cheat. But Bella needs to, first of all, keep an eye on vampires. I guess that's possible. And then call them on cheating? Is that how she's going to make friends with her boyfriend's family? By calling them on cheating and, like, call- yeah. making unpopular calls? Or she's not going to be able to see them cheating anyway. So it's not- well, it's funny. Well, it's mostly because Bella is capable of navigating such tricky social situations <laughs> that even though she's calling them on cheating and making unpopular decisions, it will all work out in the end. Yeah. It doesn't. Rosalie instantly hates her when she's called out correctly. (laughs) You know what I did like? I found this endearing. Um, So I think that what Kellen Lutz is good at in this movie is acting like a, like, kind of a meathead regular guy. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like his relationship with Rosalie because it's very clear that he just lets stuff roll off of him. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't really care. 
but it's realistic. Yeah, it those are is. the type of people that wind up together. Yeah, like you can't be with Rosalie if you're constantly calling her out on being awful. Yeah, but I kind of like that in this. You know, she gets super upset, and he's just like calling from the distance. He's like, "Babe, come on, it's just, <laughs> it's just a game." And I was like, "That feels so real to me." It was like the most real interaction. Yeah, it felt real to me in a way that other stuff wasn't. I found it like kind of endearing. So Alice gets a vision 10 seconds before the other vampires show up. Yep, not that helpful. And there's a hilarious electric guitar (laughs) music intro for them. It's so funny. I mean, it makes me think of the werewolf episode of Batman the Animated Series. They're all freaking out because they're like, oh my gosh, Bella's here and she's going to get eaten and hide her, hide her, hide her behind us. Once again, handling this situation the best way they can. Oh, totally. I mean, I feel like they could have just like run off with her. And then right. they're super One fast. of them could have just picked him up and the other stayed. Edward picks her up, runs off. Yeah, exactly. So they almost pull it off. But then the wind blows and James smells Bella. Weirdly. By that, I mean his face is weird. And there's a standoff. He wants to eat Bella. What is weird is that a standoff occurs over this. If mm-hmm. you run into a vampire family that's living there... Yeah. You guys are visitors and have been causing trouble for them. What part of showing up to their baseball game makes you think you get to eat whatever human is around? Isn't that It could weird? be their human that they're planning on eating later. I know. He's like, you brought a snack. And I'm like, is it for you? I what made get, you think that was your snack? Yeah, I don't get the impression that ten people can feed off, or ten vampires can feed off of one human. Yeah, I know. It's 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 weird. Also, why did you make a thing out of it when there's seven of them? Yeah. So, anyway. And they're like, we have to get her out of here, we have to whatever, and I'm like, why wouldn't you just duke it out there, You're three versus seven? Right, especially because I know they don't know that now, but Laurent wouldn't have fought. Yeah. It would have just been James and Victoria. Right. You guys could have won easily. Yeah. So Edward is freaking out because he read James's mind and James is a tracker. His obsession is the hunt and Edward's reaction towards James trying to eat Bella made it so that he now he's going to find Bella and kill her. Yeah. He rightfully takes responsibility for something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) For the first time in the movie. Exactly. So... She's like, um, I need to go home. He's like, you can't go home. That's the first place he's going to look. And she's like, I am going home. <laughs> and so they create a, they hatch a scheme. <laughs> they storm into the house and feign a breakup. And she's like, get out of here, Edward. I said it's over. And she packs up and she's leaving. She says that she can't get stuck here like mom did. Right. And this wounds his feelings and she gets to leave without him worrying where she is, which would be super useful if the father worrying where she had gone was the actual problem they were trying to solve. That's not the issue. She's 17 and she's like, I'm going to drive back to Phoenix. Oh, I know. He's like, oh, just sleep on it and see if you still feel the same way. Well, nope, that's nothing to do with it. Like, what are you going to say to her school? Well, are, yeah. There's so many things about this where it's like, no, not, it's not just because I don't want you to. Like, you're a human and you've reached the age of reason and you can't, you're not allowed to do this. Sorry. But aside from how ridiculous it is that he's like, I'm helpless to stop her as the chief of police. I know. Isn't I'm that helpless crazy? to stop her. What's weirder, though, is the fact that he 
wasn't the problem they were trying to solve. They were trying to protect him. Yeah, I know. He didn't have to believe that whatever, that she was leaving. Yeah, and also, is this really supposed to convince James that she hates her father and wouldn't come back if he was being held as a hostage? Yeah, it doesn't at all. Because not wanting to live with your father is different than not caring if he's dead. Well, especially because he tries to use her mom that way later. So we yeah. see that it's not a, he's not above that. Yeah. Especially when, if you're that smart and good of a tracker, you probably know the only reason any of this is happening is it's so that she can get out of town. Oh, yeah. It absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they would have... Whatever. So Bella is going with Alice and Jasper to Phoenix, Edward, Rosalie, and somebody else they're wearing they're like running through the woods wearing bella's stuff so that the scent gets thrown off and it kind of works james is following them for a while but then he realizes that he's being tricked so he turns around and alice sees it in a vision and then edward calls they keep having these things where alice sees things that she doesn't need to see because we hear about it later on (laughs) yeah just like to confirm that what she saw is correct so that's the other thing. When before they're leaving and they're getting ready, when Edward and Bella walk into the Cullens' house, Laurent is there, and he's like, "I was just warning you about James." And I was like, "Like," and then they explain some more, and he's like, "I've never seen his skills are unparalleled. I've never seen anything like him in my three hundred years." And don't discount the woman, Victoria, because he's like a super classy, like, yeah, New he, Orleans, like Creole sounding kind of guy. Yeah, he's like, "I'm sick of this guy. Like, yeah. I don't like his games that he plays. All this stuff." But, again, I guess it was just so that we knew that Laurent wasn't going to be part of this. I guess so he doesn't get <laughs> tracked down also. Yeah, so that... So for that him, it makes sense just... from his perspective. Like, hey, don't look for me, guys. I'm not part of this. Bye. No, it totally makes sense. But, like, for the movie, we already knew that stuff. Yeah. So, it's kind of weird. I guess it's just so that we know that Laurent's not a part of this anymore. Mm-hmm. So, once James figures this out, Alice's vision says that they'll end up in a ballet studio. Bella knows that it's a ballet studio because I used to go to one just like that here in Phoenix. Oh, I wonder if that's the one. So her mom calls her and she's like, Bella, 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 where are you? Bella. And then James's voice. So James has her at her house and he is going to kill her if Bella doesn't meet him alone at that ballet studio. Uh, This, by the way, not tracking. I would consider this. No, it's just tricking. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a bigger challenge to get her while the other vampires are guarding her. Right. Like, this isn't a form of skilled hunting. Right. This is like blackmailing the deer into... <laughs> exactly. Walk into my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> or I'll shoot this other deer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this is when we hear the line again. I've never thought, given that much thought to how I would die. But dying in the place of someone I love seems like a good way to go. Tie-in. She gets there and then finds out that she was tricked by a home video that he found. Her mom is not in Phoenix, and this was a recording of her at the ballet studio, which is, I guess, how he knew it existed. Don't know how he knew how to find it from that video, but that's okay. I would like to imagine... This seems like a good place for a final battle. Yeah, theatrical. I would like to imagine that the video started out with them, like, driving there and her narrating the streets they were on. (laughs) And the directions they were taking. Mentioning the address. Exactly. So he's got the video camera and is recording it for Edward. This is also not tracking. It's just him being a sadist. Right. 
In so, which case, why not just say that? Exactly. He breaks her leg and Edward shows up and knocks him around. And they yep. get into this big fight. James bites Bella and she starts to turn. By this time, Carlisle and the family show up. And for some reason, he tells Edward that Edward shouldn't kill James. He's above that. The rest of the family isn't, though. And they kill him. <laughs> I guess it was because Edward was mad and you shouldn't kill out of anger. Because I'm pretty that's sure. Vengeance and the other one is justice? The, I don't know. The others seem to enjoy yeah. it a lot, though. Like, I, I don't think that it was. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's out of anger, but arguably all of them were angry. Yeah, they should have all been angry. They had to leave Forks and go to Phoenix. Yeah. How did they even get there? There's got there's tons of sun. Mm-hmm. And anyway. Edward also is of the opinion that vampires are damned. Yeah, so according and to And they're him, monsters. So yeah. killing him is doing the world a favor. In fact, I don't know why he doesn't spend all of his time tracking down and killing vampires. Because he's people. doing nothing worth doing. What are you talking about? Going to high school over and over again is a huge service to humanity. High schoolers are great. No one hates them. Edward won't let her be turned. Because Carlisle's like, uh, she has severed her from femoral artery. She's starting to bleed out. She has all these injuries. You need to decide if you're going to let this happen or if you're going to not let her turn and he's like no i won't let that happen so he sucks out the poison because that's real even in vampire world sucking out the poison doesn't work ever it's never once worked during this we get just like a clip show of old memories of bella and edward and it's great because you know we didn't just watch that she wakes up and her mom is there in the hospital bella's like where's edward and she's like oh he's over there asleep he never leaves wouldn't we let that happen for some reason? So she's like, what happened? And she's like, don't, you don't, you don't remember? Edward and Dr. Cullen drove down here to try to convince you to stay in Forks. And then you fell down two flights of stairs at their hotel and through a window. How would you not immediately suspect Edward, who's already been displaying stalkerish tendencies? And appeared to be the impetus for her leaving in the first place. Yeah, the impetus of her leaving. Something she felt was so drastic she had to leave town. Who followed her out of town to try and convince her to stay. And then she fell down two... You're going to believe that she fell down two flights of stairs and through a window and not even question domestic abuse. That's really interesting. I never thought about that angle. But yeah, in real life, you would absolutely think that. Especially because find me the broken window at this alleged hotel. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. So she, she remembers what happened to her, but... Your mom's like, oh, you're going to love Jacksonville. Because, you know, it's widely known that she stormed out and didn't want to live in Forks anymore. She's like, no, I still want to live in Forks. <laughs> and everyone's I should just come like, back together with my abusive boyfriend. Yeah, and everyone's like, okay. Like, how? Have a talk with this girl. Right, clearly she's capable of making completely rational decisions on her own. As long as it's spur of the moment, no one holds them to her. Well, especially because she told her mom that she liked living in Forks. And it was established that it was because of a boy. Yeah. So, Edward is like, no, you should leave. This is dangerous. Look what happened. You need to leave so I can't hurt you anymore. And she's like, no, what are you even saying to me? I don't even know what you're saying. This freak out is hilarious. Yeah. How... I don't even know what you're saying. How? What are you? What are you talking about? You? You want me to go away? I? I, I can't. No. I. I can't. I can't just leave you. I- she almost has a seizure trying to get <laughs> yeah. these words out. And I guess I. I don't think it was here. I guess it was like when she was being taken down to Phoenix, and he's like, "I'll find a way to make you safe. 
you are my life now. And I was like, no, oh, that's so unhealthy. It is. That is a bad relationship. Like, you can't just be like, well, some people are like that. Some people are like that because they have bad relationships and codependent tendencies. Or It is bad for you. Or they're prone to melodramatic overstatements. If you talk to most people who have said, like, this person is my life and you really talk to them, like, yeah. they, it's just an overstatement. Right. If they're serious. That's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So... They go back to Forks. Edward is taking her to prom. While he is... This is another one of those Mary Sue things of, like, she doesn't want to go to prom, but he wants to make sure she has a magical time at prom. Where she dresses up in a pretty dress and gets danced with. No, it wasn't. It was supposed to have only cost $20, and it shows. (laughs) Um, But get danced with by, like, the boy for dreams and blah, 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 blah. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. But it's not all roses. Jacob shows up right outside prom while Edward's doing something. Because this is definitely the best time to have this conversation. Yeah, I guess so. Well, hey, when your dad's paying you. 20 bucks. Yeah, he, he's getting paid 20 bucks by his dad to say this. And he's like, a prom dress. <laughs> Seriously? Oh, man. He did wear a tie, though, to this. I know, it looked Bella's like he was like, going. Bella's like, oh, are you go? Are you crashing prom? And he's like, no, I'm just here to talk to you. And I'm like, why did you put a tie on then? Like, that was misleading. This is on you. So he's like, look, just don't get mad. My dad wants you to break up with your boyfriend. And he says to tell you, we'll be watching you. And I was like, that's the least helpful thing that you could have, like, you paid someone to say that? You couldn't have, like, had a more meaningful conversation that might have actually convinced somebody? Yeah. That's clearly not meant to convince anyone. It's just a threat. Because theoretically, the most convincing thing would be, like, you don't know. He's a vampire. And then she'd be like, I don't care. I love him anyway. She's like, yeah, I do know, actually. But at least that would be somewhat convincing. Exactly. So they go to the photo booth. Edward, not Jacob. (laughs) Jacob leaves. Uh, Skip that part. Edward and Jacob go to the photo booth together. um, Because they realize that fighting over Bella is stupid. Um, So Edward and Bella go to the photo booth. Here's the problem. There is no backdrop on this thing. It is, I guess, it's supposed to be for the view. The photo booth is entered. The line is behind them. And people do not keep their distance well enough. And all of these photos are going to have other couples walking up behind them that's so upsetting this was one of the most well-funded proms that i've ever seen and it's in this super small town with inexplicably large numbers of children and this is what they did for the photo booth that was upsetting to me edward apparently also made her go to this she didn't want to go because she's too cool but yeah. he's like, this is a rite of passage. And I'm like, hey, this is a healthy look into the future of your relationship where Bella wants to skip everything and just be alone with you. And you are trying to make her be a human. Yeah. So have fun with that for 70 years. Yeah. So they're dancing outside in a gazebo with a bunch of string lights. And it's very pretty. It's very pretty and it's very romantic. And yet they're the only couple out there dancing. There's one other one out there, too. Yeah. And, yeah. Have people not found this yet? Right? They just not know? I mean, Instagram wasn't around, but Facebook was. Yeah. Get those photos. So she asks why he didn't let her turn. And he said that he doesn't want to end her life. And she's like, I'm dying now. Like, I'm dying right now. I'm getting older. Why won't you turn me? And he doesn't want to turn her into a monster. 
And so this is kind of another clue and things that will be gone into in later books, much more detail. Movies. Where this is a movie podcast, not a book podcast. That he thinks that, yeah, being a vampire is horrible and they're all monsters. So she's still upset by it and he's like, oh, are you ready to turn? You ready to turn right now? So he dips her and trick. It's just a kiss on the neck. Yeah. Because she's like, yes, I am. I am. Yeah. And she basically like tables it for another time. She's like, okay, fine, I'll work on this later. Yeah. But don't get too complacent, because who's watching them from a window? Victoria. She's Vic- not over James's death. Ready for a sequel. In her hideous fur <laughs> that she wears, faux fur that she wears everywhere. Yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard was offered this role, didn't take it because she thought the part was too small, then took it after this actress was fired. Also, she shouldn't be killing Bella. I mean, she should kill Bella, like, if her plot is to avenge James's death. Like, killing Bella is obviously a part of it. But, like, she should really be killing More all of the Collins. Exactly. And you need to kill the Collins before you kill Bella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, are you suggesting someone didn't think out their actions in this movie? <laughs> if so, you watched it. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, so it's a movie where everyone makes horrible choices. Um, horrible faces. Speaks weirdly, even when they're not vampires. And wears wigs that don't suit them. It's definitely, it's like all of the worst aspects of teen angst and romance. All yes. bundled into one movie. Mm-hmm. At the same time, defanging vampires in a way that takes everything that was kind of interesting about them and is just like, that's not true, but they are young and hot forever and they get rich. And, you know, let's go into the fact that apparently if you're a vampire, you don't have a moral responsibility to the rest of humanity, even if you've decided that you want to protect humanity by not eating them. Mm-hmm. They just sit there in their rich house and, like, do nothing. He's a, he's a doctor in a small town. He doesn't have to sleep. He could be a doctor at, like, two different hospitals in a big city and do so much good. Well, I understand the whole, like, even if you don't have to sleep, you theoretically want to, like, spend time with your family or something. Yeah. But none of the other... He's the only vampire that does anything useful. I know. Everyone Not even his wife like, does anything. No, they're just sitting around in their nice house. Yeah. And Alice can see the future. And there is a vampire in the town. They know that this is a vampire that's killing people, and they're not doing anything. No, they weren't going to go find it until the vampire came to them. It's their town. I know. I'm confused about the choices that they make. (laughs) So the budget for this movie was $37 million. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty low. Yeah, it is. there wasn't a lot of special effects. I mean, because it's mostly just, like, gloomy people in gloomy settings. Yeah, and all the special effects were, they didn't seem that hard to do. They also weren't so amazing that, it, you know, like no. the sparkle skin or whatever was and a little cheesy. And the super cheesy. speed. Yeah. All of it was just, yeah. yeah. So, $37 million, the box office was $393 million. Dang. Yeah, so it made over ten times its budget, which is why there were four more. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, it was a smart thing to do. It was great for all the actors who were in it. As stupid as it was and as they look in it, they're all rich now if they save their money. Oh, yeah. So next up, we're going to go into a different realm of make-believe. Ooh. Also based on equally good source material. Assassin's Creed. 
video games never disappoint. No. And neither does Michael Fassbender. So that's what's next on More is More. For more of our podcast, go to moreismorepodcast.com. To contact us, write us at moreismorepodcast at gmail.com.